Running a pet business is no walk in the park. I've been there, done that, and sure have the campfire stories to prove it. That's why Pet Boss Nation created Camp Pet Boss, where you can relax at a beautiful lake, refuel your leadership confidence with our in-person activities, and reignite your passion for the pet business of your dreams with your pet industry peers and trusted experts. Camp Pet Boss is a one-of-a-kind business retreat that mixes conference learning sessions and camp-like activities for pet professionals and their dogs. When was the last time that you got away from your business, unplugged from the chaos, and reconnected with your inner entrepreneurial spirit? And I hope that you heard me, that your furry best friend could be there too. Get ready for the most amazing and unique in-person adventure for pet business owners and their dogs, happening this summer in Lake Delton, Wisconsin, August 27th through the 30th of 2024. Tickets will sell out, and one building is already booked solid, So I want you to hit pause on this podcast and visit camppetboss.com right now to make sure that you have a room reserved. Your ticket price includes all food, lodging, and seminars. Need another reason to secure your ticket early? How about a massive discount of savings of $850 off your ticket? That's right. Early bird pricing is happening right now, but not for much longer. And I can't wait to hang out with you at camp this summer and share all those juicy pet boss stories around the campfire. Competition is everywhere. It's literally everywhere. So what happens when another pet store wants to open near your pet store? Or what if it's the opposite and you want to get started in the pet industry, but there's already another pet business in town? Well, in this episode, I'm sharing some stories of friendly and not so friendly competition and why we're all better off when we change our belief system from being worried about the competition to leveraging it. Welcome to the Boss Your Business Podcast, the show for the local pet business owner. If you have a physical building, carry inventory, have a team, or dream of having one someday, then this podcast is for you. You'll hear honest conversations from pet pros work in the streets of Main Street, where dog business is big business. I'm your show host, Candace Daniolo, the founder of Pet Boss Nation and a pet business coach. I've started, scaled, and sold three successful pet businesses, and now help mentor thousands of pet professionals to see success faster together. I'm sharing my favorite business tips with you, mixed with the latest secrets of what's working now, especially in this challenging world. So if you're a pet supply store, grooming salon, dog daycare, boarding facility, pet sitter, dog trainer, or really anyone covered in fur, let's get started. My pet career started in Chicago, a very large market that was filled with competition. In about, I think a two and a half mile radius, there were 16 places that you could buy pet supplies, whether that was at independent pet stores or even big box and grocery. There were plenty of places to get your pet goods, but that didn't stop any of us. We all had a dream and a vision and we wanted to open up in our own little neighborhoods and support pet parents. Well, I was actually the person who did end up opening in a neighborhood where there already was a store. And it definitely caused some problems like their employees always coming into my business and taking pictures or their customers being upset that we opened in the same neighborhood. So they would leave us bad reviews 
or even their managers leaving us bad reviews. I mean, it was a ball of a mess. And I knew though that that was bound to happen and I was ready for it, but it still didn't make it easy or comfortable to have to handle. And then on the flip side of it, when I open up in other neighborhoods, as I expanded my business where there wasn't pet businesses, I still felt the pressure of worrying about our competition. And I felt nervous. Then I was like, well, what if somebody else opens on my street? What would I do then? I could still feel tension too. Like, even though we were all in these different neighborhoods in Chicago, I could tell that some of the other small pet businesses felt threatened that another business opened in their area, even though we were still miles apart. So why does that all happen? Why are we all so worried about the competition? Maybe it's our own egos. We're set in our ways and we think that we've got the best business around and we don't think that someone can do it better than us. Maybe we're worried about the competition stealing our ideas. Maybe they're going to take all of our customers or maybe we worry about the competition because maybe they'll put us out of business. Or what happens if they become more popular than we are? What if all of a sudden we see our customers shopping there? Or what if people just like them more than they like us? It's impossible to get away from the amount of competition that's out there. And if there's one thing I've learned even more recently, as more pet businesses have opened and as more big box and online platforms are selling pet categories, and it doesn't even matter if you sell products or your service base, because the thing is is that consumers are going to shop at multiple places. They get different items from different places. They're going to shop based on convenience. And sometimes they actually like to go to multiple service providers too, just so that their dogs can make more friends. That is true, believe it or not. My doggy daycare in Chicago was actually not too far away from another one. And we had dogs who would come Monday, Wednesday, Friday to our doggy daycare and go Tuesday and Thursday to the other one. And it was solely because the owner just wanted that flexibility. They wanted to be able to have their dog go to both places. They also knew that their dog had friends at both. And there were different reasons that they went to each of us for their dog's experience. Consumers are ultimately going to decide where they want to do business. And so really we can't worry about the competition and what they're doing. We need to worry about how we are running our businesses to serve the customer's needs. I think we also worry about competition because it's just human nature. It's human nature to be curious. And also depending on how we were raised and what our life experiences are surrounding competition, it can either be a healthy relationship or a very toxic relationship. And I hope that if you're listening to this, that you have a healthy mindset when it comes to competition, because if you have a really toxic mindset, you probably weren't going to press play on on a podcast episode that's called community over competition. But I know that we all come from a different perspective on this. And so I hope in this episode that we're going to break down why it shouldn't matter anymore and why you really need to embrace your competition and leverage it to your benefit. Because here's the deal. There is so much business out there. So much business. We should not even be worried about the other mom and pop type business out there. We should not be worried about anybody else except ourselves because there's so much business to go get. So let's do some math. 70% of us households have a pet. 
70% have a pet and 69% of the 70% have at least one dog. So I want you to take the size of your town or your potential customer base. And we're going to take that number and you multiply it by 0.69. And that's your average total of your households that have a pet. So in my town, now this isn't a household number. This is a people number. So this math isn't exactly right. I haven't looked up the household number, but in my town, there are 30,000 people. So that means if we took 69% of the 30,000, let's just say 30,000 households as an example, if we took 69%, that would be about 21,000 households. If I could just get 1% of that business, that would be a little over 2000 households. And some of those households would have multiple dogs. So now if I had a pet sitting business that averaged maybe 15 to 20 visits per day, and those clients see me maybe an average of two to three times a week. So let's say it's about 40 to 50 clients a week that I can maintain. And maybe I don't see all my clients in my list all the time. So maybe another half of my clients just call occasionally. So if I was a a solo pet sitter, I'd maybe have a client list of about a hundred potential people that I stay in contact with regularly throughout the year. A hundred of the only 1% that makes up that 2000, but really there's 20,000 dogs in our area, at least actually one more than that in our area. I couldn't possibly as a solo pet sitter, even handle all that business. There's just so much business to go get 1% for a retail store. Let's say you saw 2000 people come through your doors a month and all of them made a purchase that would average out to about $66 a day. If they all purchased and you were open seven days a week, that's a respectable amount of people coming into your business and doing business with you every day. But you know that 12% of pet food is sold through specialty channels. So sure, you can keep trying to get the business from your other local competitor and be worried about what your local competitor is doing. But even if you just got 1% of it, you'd still have a pretty decent business. But there's actually more business there for you to go get. And what I want you to think about is that 22% of all pet food is bought online. 21% of it is bought in big box stores. 21% of it is bought at grocery stores. So guess what guys, there's over 60% of the market who is not shopping at independent pet stores. That's the customer you should go after. You shouldn't go after and worrying about your local competitor and what they're doing because there is so much business to go get. Your competition is not the other small business in town. Your competition is your customer's time and money and where they're choosing to spend it. And your competition is yourself. It's so important for us to look at how we are growing individually, how we are improving from yesterday, last week, last month, last year. I know that you're thinking, Candace, this is so much easier said than done because The minute I see someone walk in my store and pull out their notebook or their phone and they're texting and they're taking pictures and I can tell that I think I've seen them before at a local pet market, or I know that that review that I just got must be 
my competitor's daughter or whatever, right? There are so many stories that I know I don't even have to share them with you because I know that you have had them, right? Because it is just human nature to be worried about what other people are doing instead of, instead of what we're doing individually. So I know that you're saying, Candace, this is easier said than done to just say, I'm going to believe in community over competition, but I'm going to show you actually how to live it and how you can make shifts in your own mindset and perspective. And that when you make these changes in your own thought process and how you behave and the types of things that you say to your team or to other small businesses around you, when we make those shifts in our lifestyle, it does have a ripple effect to how other people also think and feel and see and how they behave. And we can change the pattern of being worried about competition and instead coming from a place of abundance instead of scarcity. Okay. And that's actually one of the first things that I want to talk to you about. When any small business is filling an empty storefront or when any individual in your local town has that entrepreneurial spirit and drive to go build a business of their dreams, that's a good thing. It is a good thing for everybody when a small business is thriving and engaged in their community. So that would be the first thing I'd encourage you to think is that if you're worried about someone else coming into your neighborhood, or if you're worried about someone tapping into your market or doing something that you're doing, it's okay. It will be okay because we have to make this mindset shift from scarcity to a place of abundance. A scarcity mindset is when you avoid risk and you think that the more that you give, the more it's going to cost you. Whereas an abundance mindset believes in finding opportunities. They believe that the more that you give, the more you get. That fixed mindset, that scarcity mindset believes that failure is a limit of their abilities. Whereas growth mindset believes that failure is an opportunity to grow and to learn. When we're worried about our competition, we are living in the fear and scarcity mindset. Our actions are driven by fear. We stay in our comfort zone and we resist change because when we see our competitor trying a new event or doing something that seems similar to what we just did, we get angry and we are worried about things that we cannot control. It can spiral us out of what it was that we were supposed to be working on. And we get so distracted with what the other person is doing, which causes a negative attitude and keeps us small. Some people might feel driven by their competition and it might motivate them to do better in their own businesses. And that's the shift that has to happen too. Because when we can go to an abundance mindset, we feel empowered to take action and we feel empowered for some calculated risks, not against that competitor, but really understanding how we can be different and how we need to continually push ourselves forward. Because the faster you move forward and working on the things you need to work on, then the competitor, even if they're copying you, will always be playing catch up to you. Coming to a place of an abundance mindset, you're going to focus on the things that you can control. We can control our attitude and we can pay attention to the things that are happening in our lives. So if you are currently in a scarcity mindset, like if you're worried about that there isn't actually enough business for you in, in your area or that customers are leaving and that your, your competitor is taking all the business, even if the competitor that you're worried about is the big box or is Chewy, if that's the competitor that you're actually worried about, here's what you need to do. First, 
you need to take inventory of your business, not taking inventory of the actual physical material merchandise that we normally talk about when we say inventory, but taking inventory of what is going really well right now for you, where you have opportunities to grow, taking a look at what would be like a business checklist for yourself. Do you have a mobile friendly website? Are you collecting Google reviews? Do you have a formal sales process? Are your, is your team trained? Do you post regularly on social media? Are you engaged in your community, right? There's lots of things that you should be taking inventory of and ranking yourself on how you're performing in those different areas. That's step number one, really understand what assets you have and what opportunities exist for you to improve in. Then you have to stop comparing yourself to other people. You know, the expression comparison is the thief of joy. It's true. You cannot compare where you're at right now to other people. I just did a thread in the pet boss nation free Facebook group community. And I asked people to tell me how much business they did in an average day. If they were a pet sitter or if they were a pet retail store, what, how many people, how many pets did they see every day? It was mainly. So I had an understanding for even the amount of business that's out there, right? If 69% of households have a dog, I wanted to see how many of these pet businesses actually are tapping into even 1% of that potential market. But what was interesting in that thread is that you could see that some people have maybe 150 transactions a day while others have maybe 10. And it could be causing some people to really feel like they're not good enough or that they don't have a successful business. But the reality is, is that every single one of us is in a different market, charges different things, is dealing with a different customer base. And so you cannot actually compare each of these businesses to each other. And so when you're wanting to move from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset, you have to stop comparing yourself to other people because too many other factors go into why they're successful, or maybe they're not even successful. Even the people who have all of those transactions, we don't know if they're actually profitable, right? So stop comparing yourself. Then what we need to do next to move from that scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset is that we're going to focus on growth. You're going to focus on the things that you need to do to improve and change for you. They're your own metrics. And how can you grow every day in your metrics? And last, you're going to use affirmations, be your own cheerleader, praise yourself, be proud of what it is you've accomplished, be recognize the blessings that are there in your life, practice an attitude of gratitude, journal if you have to, be a little woo-woo because it works. There's something called the abundance loop, all right? And it starts with gratitude, saying, I'm thankful for my ability to express and feel things deeply. I'm thankful for the ability to communicate in a respectable way with my team. I'm thankful for the ability to have passionate conversations about pets, wellness, and health with my customers. This then gives you peace of mind. You get to enjoy the work that you do. You get to feel good about the things that you make and create. When we practice gratitude, it gives us peace of mind, which allows us to make wise choices. We stop coming from a place of anxiety and emotion, and we start to share our ideas with other people. We're more open to hearing about other approaches to business as well. And then it moves to positive outcomes. Now that you are not coming from a place of 
emotion and stress and anxiety, and you're making better choices, you now have positive results and outcome. Your sales start to improve. You start to enjoy your time with other people more. You're not bringing that toxic energy into your conversations in life. So I encourage you to take that big mindset shift for yourself and believe that competition is good for everybody. Competition of a small business owner is good. It helps bring more energy to your community. It helps provide an opportunity for you to reflect on how your business is doing. And it can fuel you to be better at what you do, which ultimately will be better for your community. This leads us to point number two on why community over competition is so important. And this is that, this is an expression that I always heard growing up, but for different reasons, but it applies perfectly now here for us in the pet industry, especially in business. And that's eyes on your own paper, eyes on your own paper, guys, constantly telling our community these things, because I know it's easy to get freaked out and stressed out about when a competitor does something that annoys you. Or if you are feeling down and out about your own business and you're worried that all the customers are going to go online or that they're using other services and that you're wondering if this is all going to work. Or we see it sometimes when you're comparing yourself to other people who have maybe more than you or who are farther along in their business journey than you are. Please know that you are on your journey. We are all on our own journeys. We're going at our own pace. We are starting at different times in our lives. We all have businesses in different locations. We're in different types of communities. We have different advantages and experiences from other people. You cannot compare yourself to others. Another example of this that we often see is when we talk about average sale in the pet space. I had an average sale of $33, but we have clients who have average sales of like $78. That's a huge swing. And if I compared myself to others, just having that information, I would feel like we were not success as successful as them because they sell more on and have an average sale. A higher average sale is what, if I didn't know any better, I would think, right? But the truth of it is, is that that doesn't really matter because we don't know how long it takes for people to get where they're at. We don't know how many days a week that they work. We don't know how profitable they are. And actually, when it comes to average sale, it's about the type of location that you have and what it is that you sell and who shops with you. For me, it was that we saw a lot of tourists and we had a lot of people walking through the door that would buy only $10 to $15. And then our local shopper would spend more than a hundred, but it brought the average down. Whereas that other business that has an average sale of the 78 doesn't see any tourists. And every person that comes in is buying a bunch of raw food and supplements. So we're in different markets. We can't compare ourselves to other people. All that matters is that you know what to measure in your business, what metrics matter for you, and how you compare that metric of yours to your past result and if it's improving or not. And all that matters is if you're taking action to move it forward, to grow your own metric. And how this relates to competition is that by the time the competition catches up to you, you will be in a new place, working on new things, learning new things and doing new things. Okay. The third and last reason that community over competition is such a big belief here at Pet Boss Nation is because you need a community of peers 
to lean on and into. You absolutely do. Tony Robbins has said, success leaves clues. Go figure out what someone else has done and model it. Improve it, but learn their steps. They have knowledge. You need a group just like that. And the only way that you can tap into a community like that is when you are with people who believe in the same philosophy of community over competition, which is why at Pet Boss Nation for our Facebook group community and for the Pet Boss Club, we make it so critical. We make it a point to not give exclusivity, which freaks people out because they're going to join the Pet Boss Club and they're, maybe their competitor is in the Pet Boss Club. But they've had that mindset shift. They see the aha of abundance. They see that it's okay and that there's plenty of business out there for everybody. And they've even found ways to collaborate. I'm not saying you need to be everybody's business bestie, but there's definitely enough room for us to get along and to collaborate and support each other. Being in a community of peers that you can lean into, that you can share what's happening in your business, that you can trust hold your best interests at heart is a game changer for you because you're finally with people who understand what you're going through. And you're with people who have a bigger vision for you than you might have for yourself. This business thing is so, so hard. And you need this community to be able to lean into, to problem solve together. Because when you have something to contribute, the rest of the group will benefit. When someone else in the group has something to contribute, I guarantee you'll benefit from it too, because none of us is better than all of us collectively. And if you're somebody who's so worried about another pet business, knowing what you're doing or another pet business, judging your revenue or how high it is or how low it is, or, or getting to see behind the curtains that limits you from your full potential, because It's like a magic show. We don't really know what's going on to build true connection and relationships. And for us to be able to help you, you have to be willing to lean in and not worried about what other people are doing so that your own personal development can truly thrive. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Candice, but what about them? I believe what you're saying. I totally agree. But this competitor of mine, oh, they're just nasty. They're always, you know, leaving these bad reviews or making weird eye contact with me when we see them in public, or they're telling rumors about me to vendors. I know when the competition is toxic and has a bad attitude about it all, it can be very stressful. And even when you're not wanting that bad energy, it's coming into your life. I get it. So there's a few ways that you can handle it. And one of them would be to send them this podcast (laughs) and encourage them to listen, just secretly like drop it in the email or like drop it in the DM or tag them on social media. (laughs) No, I'm not kidding. You know, we've got to all open up our minds and eyes to the fact that there's plenty of business out there for everybody. There is no reason that any other small business should be doing that to another small business owner. There just isn't. Okay. So feel free to share this podcast. Believe me, if you share it on your social media and your competitors behaving that way, they'll see it and they're going to listen it. 
All right. Number two here is that you can begin to be the bigger person in this relationship and you can actually ask them to meet, maybe go meet the other owner for coffee, just to clear the air. And so that you can get to some common ground on how you can actually begin to connect and collaborate together here in the pet boss club. I told you earlier about the doggy daycare that was near me that I had customers that went to both of us. Well, they're also in the Pet Boss Club membership. So not only um, have we had opportunities where there's been conflict in business, but we've also had other relationships with competitors. And now they're actually inside our pet business coaching membership. And what's amazing about that is we have found a way to be able to understand that if the owners of the business know that it's in both of our best interests to keep us open, then we can have conversations about employees who might be applying for jobs at one or the other. We can have conversations about sourcing products or how we might even be able to collaborate and leverage and join forces to increase our margins and buying power to be able to compete against the big box. But it all starts with being open-minded and being willing to start to have a conversation about it. Again, you don't have to be best friends but you have to be willing to talk and be civil. And sometimes it takes just somebody initially extending that olive branch to open up the conversation. Over the years, the way that I've connected with my competitors, I've done a couple of things. One, I ended up joining the Retail Merchant Association in that first neighborhood that I was on and ended up being on the board with the competitor who was down the street. Now, she didn't want me to be on the board and she refused to let me get the vice president position on the board. (laughs) And so suddenly got engaged into the community because she didn't want me to be vice president. Um, And instead, I ended up being like the secretary, I think, on the board. It was just so interesting because she was very uninvolved. And then all of a sudden... I didn't want to, you know, wanted to, to keep and push me away, but I didn't back down. And I went to those meetings and she never made eye contact with me. She wouldn't speak to me at the table. Uh, she wouldn't listen to anything that I had to say. And she talked bad about me to the other board members. Now I could have easily have been felt like it was too uncomfortable to have to sit through those conversations, but because I was willing to stand up to her for at the time, it took a long time, but it did allow us to eventually get to a point where she was comfortable being able to have conversations with me. And then it did get to the point where we would be able to see each other at shows and at least be civil with each other. And then, you know, it it took its time. Eventually things shifted in that relationship, but I was willing to say, Hey, I'm not going to let this competitor stop me from getting, getting involved in the community and doing the things that I know are important to our business growth. Okay. That's one. Now I learned also later on that as in in another location, that as other doggy daycares were opening, that They were kind of encroaching and getting very close to our neighborhood. And I thought, you know, I could be worried about this or I'm going to come from a place of abundance and that there's plenty of business for all of us. So I went and I went to the local flower store and ended up getting a plant to be delivered and wrote a handwritten card to each of the owners and just welcomed them to the neighborhood and wished them lots of success and that our you know, pet parents in the neighborhood were lucky to have them here in the neighborhood. And I included my cell phone and offered to maybe get together for a cup of coffee. The, both of these pet businesses opened at the same time. And so they both got around the same time and they both got the plants delivered to them. And immediately that same day, one of them reached out to me and we're just so thankful and happy. And we scheduled a lunch together. And then we ended up actually joining a little local mastermind together. And we're still great friends today. 
Whereas the other one, it took about a week. And then I finally got an email that was like, Hey, thanks for the plant. Like just kind of, I think she probably took it more like she was more defensive or I don't know what she thought, but she definitely was not coming from a place of abundance. And instead she ended up closing her doggy daycare and totally changing her business. And she needed something else to end up working with us on. And it was kind of like too late that not that, I mean, I would have helped her, but like if she'd opened up the conversation earlier on, it could have helped her sooner. It was kind of too late to solve the situation she was facing. So it just takes one person in the relationship to start to have an open mind about the benefits of collaborating with your competition or finding ways to coexist in your communities. And it doesn't happen overnight. The relationship takes time, but if you come from that place of abundance and knowing that your eyes are on your own paper, good things will happen for you because the only thing that worrying about your competition is going to do is it will distract you from what you're really supposed to be doing. It's just a distraction. There's so much business for you. Look at your household population in your area. Do the math of the 69% that at least have one dog and figure out how many potential customers you have in your market. Look at your own customer list and see how much of that market you've actually taken. And then think about ways that you can improve your business in a different way from your competitors. I wish you nothing but the best in your pet business. And as always, we are here for you at Pet Boss Nation. Guys, I'm just so honored that you are tuning into this podcast. And did you know that we've already reached the top 3% of all podcasts across the globe? It's amazing. We're climbing the charts because of our awesome listeners like you. I know there's still pet professionals out there who need to hear all of our doggone good tips shared on this show. Can you help us find them? Now, how you do that is that when you click to follow the podcast or the more you download different episodes, or if you choose to leave us a review, those things will help the podcast get pushed out into the world so that more people who need to hear this will find it. Thanks so much for your support. And until we talk next week, stay focused, stay motivated and go boss your business.